catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Around the circle. That's the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk. It's another crossover podcast. I'm Ben Garrett. He's David Johnson. I'm right for the Ole Miss Spirit. He writes for Inside the Rebels. Got a lot to talk about after a busy Sunday for Ole Miss sports. Ole Miss baseball stays hot. Jalen Robinson, the big-time transfer wide receiver from Central Florida, is an Ole Miss Rebel, and Ole Miss basketball has added another transfer forward. This time it's Josh Mbala. David, what's up? Hey, Ben. How's it going? Yeah, busy, busy Sunday. That much is for sure. A great Sunday. I mean, you know, all angles were positive on Sunday for Ole Miss and every sport. And uh, I left out softball. Know, yeah, softball going to the Los Angeles Regional. Uh, you know, softball such a interesting dynamic because um, you know they're going to the Los Angeles Regional. They should be happy, but really and truly, they got screwed with where they're being sent. I mean, you know, Georgia, Missouri, Tennessee, all got better deals from the NCAA tournament than Ole Miss. Ole Miss went. What they took two of three from Georgia, three of I mean, yeah, actually three of four from Georgia, two of three from Tennessee, and swelt Missouri. Missouri is hosting. Tennessee is hosting, and Georgia is at a cream puff regional at Duke. So you know, I guess you can always find something wrong with anything, but uh, there's a lot wrong with this. So I hope the Rebels go to Los Angeles and beat the brakes off that regional field and uh, in advance. So of all the things to start with, you just wanted to air some softball grievance. You were upset, it sounds you, like. You, you, you kind of – no, I'm not upset. But, you know, you couple that with the fact that Tate Whitley, who leads the SEC in hits this year, who's hitting 396, who played a perfect 1,000 left field for Ole Miss in 56 starts this year, she was left off the All-SEC team, not even on the All-SEC defensive team when she's got enough defensive gems out there that would fill a five-minute highlight reel. And yet the other SEC coaches, nobody's on – nobody, nobody from Ole Miss makes the All-SEC postseason teams. Um, wait, wait, you know, it's what? It's almost like – yeah, nobody, no one, not a single player. Not, not even, a single player. Not even the, the girl you just said that – was so good. Yeah, Tate Whitley, our leadoff hitter, seventy-four hits, leads the SEC in hits this year, ranks sixth in the country in hits. No spot for her. Forty-two different athletes make that team. No spots for Tate Whitley. That makes no sense. Unless makes no sense at all. Unless there's um, a conspiracy afoot. You know, softball's a funny sport. In all honesty, um, you know, I've covered it for, what, almost 10 years now. Yeah, you've covered and, it a long uh, time. You know, what what I tend to find is there are clicks in softball. And, um, you know, and, and maybe some of that is by necessity. Okay, so Ole Miss doesn't sit at the softball, cool table? Like, what's happening? Well, that's, that's right. Ole Miss is not at the cool table in softball. And, you know, there have been a lot of eruptions the last couple of years around this program. Uh, last summer, and then Mike Smith's departure, things like that. And maybe some people in the softball world don't. I, I'm, I'm just speculating here. They don't uh, view Ole Miss in a positive light. Um, I'm not quite sure. But it is a clicky group. 
you know, we had a lot of fans complaining about the the commentary during the televised games of the SEC tournament. You know, that the announcers all seemed to be pulling for whoever Ole Miss was playing, whether that was Georgia or Arkansas. And, I mean, I watch the games. I, I tend to agree. I mean, you know, it was all about Arkansas's home run hitting and 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 Georgia's home run hitting and you know it, it's 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 enough to make you uh, question things a little bit and um, but um, it is what it is. Ole Miss at the UCLA Regional, they'll play Loyola Marymount, a California team, Friday at six thirty. So. Not to be confused with Loyola, New Orleans, and Loyola, I can't even say it correctly, <laughs> Chicago. You know, there's a lot of Loyolas out there. Yeah, there I just think I said Loyola, Loyola three different ways. Here's yeah, my whole deal. Okay, well, here's my whole deal. Um, that's not fair. She should have made it, obviously. Look, I have absolutely no clue about Ole Miss softball. But having heard all that and her stats and stuff, she should have been easily an all-league performer, all-league selection does it really matter? Who remembers the 2013 first team All SEC softball team or football team? You know who matter? will remember that? The family. Kate Whitley. Yes, will that's correct. That. And that's where that's she where she will always yeah. remember that. That's right. And that just sucks. That but sucks. Moving on. Moving. On. Well, baseball sweeps LSU, and something we talked about last week is coming to fruition here. They're going to make the NCAA tournament at this rate. They're easily going to make yeah. Hoover at this rate. Now, how has the discussion changed from what it was even two weeks ago? Well, I tell you what, it makes the midweek game against Arkansas State huge. I, t- um, I, I agree with you. I talked to Chase Parham about this over at uh, Rebel Grove, and I agree with him. They should cancel that. I can't remember what school. I think it was Texas A&M did that, cancel the midweek. You yep, just canceled Texas it. Texas A&M. Yeah, you canceled Yeah, they were to play Incarnate Word, and they decided, <laughs> hey, you know what? Even if we play them and beat the brakes off of them, Doesn't it kills our RPI rating. Yeah. Cancel the game. Get rid of it. It's pointless. It'll actively hurt you. Yeah, you know, and I also understand the flip side of that of people going, no, it's an obligation. You can't start doing those kind of things. But um, This is a business. There is no obligation in business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody's going to factor that in when they're deciding whether or not Ole Miss gets an at-large bid to the NCAA Ole Miss doesn't owe Arkansas State anything. It owes itself to make sure it has the best postseason resume to get in. Well, as of of right now, while we're doing this podcast, that game's still on, and it is huge. They've got to win it just to keep the the perception, and and it, it is a true perception, of momentum going. And what they cannot do, they cannot get swept by Texas A&M this weekend because I think that washes all, all this momentum of the last couple of weeks away if Texas A&M sweeps Ole Miss. They can't let that happen. They need they they really need to win the series and go to Hoover, uh, you know, with a, a, a lot of a lot of wind at their back. Yeah, five and one in and the last six or something. Is that, that's what it'd be in the, in the SEC games. If they were to take two or three from Texas A&M, five and one, that's exactly what Mike Clement told me. Mike Clement, Ole Miss baseball hitting coach, told me uh, last week what they needed to do, five and one. So cancel Arkansas State and go win the series in Texas A&M, and you're straight. You're in comfortably. Yeah, because Arkansas Arkansas State is simply a distraction at this point. Uh That's all it is. But knowing what we know about Mike Bianco, there's no chance he's going to cancel that. No, they're going to play that game. And, 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 you know, I'm of the opinion – now, get the whole reason why A&M backed out of the Incarnate Word game. I mean, I, I just – there's so much volatility in college athletics, not just baseball, primarily football and basketball right now, that um, we don't need baseball teams backing out of playing games that have been long scheduled at the tail end of a season just for RPI reasons. We don't need that. We need some stability. There needs to be some fixation in college athletics, and uh, I'm kind of happy that uh, they're going to they're going to play Arkansas State. In your opinion, the biggest reason for Ole Miss baseball's turnaround is what? Pitching. Yeah. Pitching. They've settled on starting. I mean, pitching. you're sending guys out there now. 
yeah, they're, they're, they're getting it done. Yeah. You know? And, um, yeah, it's, it, it's pitching. I mean, they've hit the ball pretty good all season long. And, um, you know, what was absent was pitching and it's pitching. I mean, you got uh, Dylan Delusia now. I mean, I, I'd send him out there against the Yankees and give the Rebels a fighting chance. I mean, that guy's pitching lights out. The lineup, they, they kind of settled on a lineup that works. I, I never really loved Justin Bench leading off, but it's worked. And Jacob Gonzalez is the best hitter overall, so batting him second, that's perfect. But it's the back end, it's the end of the lineup that's really stepped up. Peyton Chatney's hitting homers again. Hayden Dunhurst is having yeah. more consistency. He's up to five home runs now. I think he had a home run on Sunday against LSU in that clinching game. And that, that game that, yeah. that game really told me that this Ole Miss team has come around. It, for those that are still on the fence about whether or not they should believe in this Ole Miss baseball team, I think Sunday was a good example of why you should buy into it. Because that was a game that they jumped out early, LSU came back, but they continued to add on. And that's just not something they were doing earlier in the year against good quality yeah, opponents. No, no doubt about it. And, and the biggest thing is they've kind of captured the mojo. Okay. They, they got a little swag about them now, um, you know, and, and the fans are starting to feed into that a little bit as well. Um, so I love it. I mean, I love it. This is, uh, you know, baseball is a long season and, 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 and we fans and media alike are quick to condemn when things aren't, aren't going so well, but again, you got to, but it was yourself, three months of bad. It was, it was, but now it's good. That's all I'm saying. Now it's good. When it matters now, it's good. So, you know, more power to them. And, um, you know, hopefully uh, this will be another good week and weekend for Ole Miss baseball. I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked you last week. If they get into the uh, postseason, the NCAA tournament, 2C whatever, make it to a super – are we just having the same Mike Bianco conversation we've been having for? Yeah, sure. Two? Okay, all right, all right. But you don't think he's going it's anywhere? Uh, do I think Mike Bianco's going anywhere? Yeah. No. Okay. No, I mean, right. uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta sometimes back yourself out of the forest to see the trees, and you know, you got a 22 year coach who, by by look. Any measure of the stick other than going to Omaha. Which is what matters the most. It matters the most. But he has been extremely successful at a place where it's been a long time since uh, baseball teams were successful. He built this program. He's turned it into what it is. And you're telling me that if he has a late season rally and this team goes to Hoover and plays well, wins a regional and ends up terminating its season at a super regional somewhere. Keith Carter is going to step up and fire him. No. Okay. What if That's, they get bounced out of the regional? If they get bounced out of a regional. I think it's very much in the air. I think the super is the key. If they advance all the way to a super regional, nothing. I mean, I mean, nothing's going to happen. It can't happen. You're going to fire the head coach of Team USA Baseball uh, for going to a super regional? No, you can't. But do that's that. not why but you're fired him. You're not firing him for going to a super regional. You're firing him yeah, or so what, mutually agree to part ways. I get all that. All I'm saying is the rest of the world is going to look at you like you're freaking crazy. I don't think that matters. I don't think that matters at all anymore. If it doesn't matter, it doesn't. Then do it. It's cutthroat these days. Yeah, people will say some stuff for like two days, and then it'll be on to the next thing of anger and grievance. Yeah, well, I agree with that. Yeah, we're a quick-moving society. It's different now. Old days, it used to matter what public perception was. Not anymore. But you asked me what I thought. I think if Mike Bianco gets this Ole Miss baseball team to a super regional, forget about it. Forget about it. It's a wrap. It's not going to happen. I do think if he wasn't one for eight, if he was just two for eight, three for eight in Omaha advancement opportunities. I get it. I, I totally do. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just telling you, we don't know how this season is going to wrap up. And if it wraps up where they go to a super and, heaven forbid, they get to Omaha, 
a lot of people are going to consider this one of his best coaching jobs, considering Boy. how short that pitching staff was at the front end of the season. But wouldn't you say, though, if uh, you're a detractor, that because it was so bad early, that's on Mike. Dylan Delucia was recruited and signed to be an instant impact weekend guy. He had a bad fall. He wasn't great uh, in the preseason practices. But it's not like who Dylan Delucia is isn't what they expected him to be. He's exactly what they what they expected him to be. He just didn't really have or was given any kind of rope to be that early. Hunter Elliott's a freshman. Anyway, just establishing weekend roles was not something that they did early on. They were kind of uh, mixing and matching. Drew McDaniel was in the starting rotation. Now he's settled in the midweek. I'm just getting at, you could point and say, well, that's on Mike. They shouldn't have been there to begin with, considering all they had returning. But again, that's playing devil's advocate. Yeah, and it's easy for the man not in the arena to be the critic. And, and not, not you. I'm not saying you. How dare you? Gen- I know you weren't saying me. In general, in general. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, right now we're talking about it, but we don't know what's going to play out. We don't know what they're going to do this weekend. Or, yeah, I mean, look, if they if they get swept by Texas A&M and a very good Texas A&M team, and they go to Hoover and they're ousted quickly, Again, we're right back to where we were two, three weeks ago. All right, let's play it out like this. If they get swept against Texas A&M, how many did they have to win in Hoover to feel comfortable? Two, three? Mm, I, I would say you got to win two in Hoover to feel feel comfortable that you're going to get in the NCAA tournament. But at that point, I mean, you may forget about being a two-seed somewhere. You may be a three. Yeah, you're sneaking in a little bit. Yep, yep, you're sneaking in at that point. Uh, ideally, win the series versus A&M and, and, you know, play for two or three days over in Hoover. A sweep or only one win against Texas A&M, I feel like you got to win two in Hoover to feel comfortable about where they're going to send you. Yep, I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. If you win the series, um, you're, it's so, cake. You're fine. You win two or three, it's whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um you know, I think if the tournament had to be picked today, they're in. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. But unfortunately, you've got a you got a big three game weekend series and a postseason conference tournament to go. Which was the more impactful addition for Ole Miss sports teams, Jalen Robinson for football or Josh Mbala for basketball? I know you're going to say Jalen Robinson because it is Jalen Robinson. Jalen Robinson. It's Jalen Robinson. Yeah. It's Jalen Robinson. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he gives Lane Kiffin an opportunity to try to recreate the Elijah Moore effect on the Ole Miss offense. And I emphasize the word try because, you know, we've seen highlight film of Jalen Robinson and, you know, he, he, he can be a spectacular player. He was in 2020, but, um, you know, he's got to do it here. He's got to do it in a different offensive system, but um, they think he can do it. And this is, this is truly, I believe their attempt to, recreate Elijah Moore. I think Jalen Robinson is the candidate to to be able to come to as close to that as you could get. Dontario Drummond was never a perfect fit for what they did with Elijah because they just aren't the same type of wide receiver. Correct. Jalen does kind of agree fit with more profile profile wise. I think I was about to try to make up a word with profile. Profile wise he fits better with what Elijah did than anybody that's come since Elijah. Question is, is yeah, now they're still they're still going to add more though. It's like Deion Smith and Malik are coming, right? And and then you know you 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 wonder a little bit, you know, with their feverant pursuit of Jalen Robinson, you know, when they brought Jordan Watkins in over the Christmas break, did were, were they did they have some hopes that he could be Elijah Moore, and and. Yeah, well, he know, told so, he told both of us that that was kind of the expectation. What they sold him on, but he's not that exactly. type of player. He's not that type of player. Yeah, he's not that type of player. Yeah, and now they saw a spring practice with him, and Jalen Robinson pops up in the portal, and uh, you know they went all in to get him. Beat Tennessee, beat Miami for him. I mean that's uh, so so so. I'm just saying there was a substantial 
quote-unquote investment by the Ole Miss football program to bring Jalen Robinson to Oxford. You know, of course they want him to be a logical. Does he slide in and start in the slot? Well, I don't think we can answer that until, you know. Well, of course we can. That's what these podcasts are for. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he probably does. So then what Um, does that mean for Jordan Watkins then? Because he can't transfer well, again without I, sitting out or anything like that. And he was expecting no, to play. No, I mean, I mean, there's going to be a rotation there. There's going to be a rotation, but I think, uh, I think if you're talking about a primary slot receiver, yeah, Jalen Robinson is the prime candidate to to assume that mantle. All right, so I give you Jalen Robinson. Think, here you go. I give you Jalen Robinson or the field, which includes potentially Deion Smith and Malik Heath of the team leader in catches yeah. next year. Who are you taking? Mm. Man. Right. And Trigg's not included in no, this. No, no, we can't. Well, he's a big wide receiver more than he's a tight end, so sure. Yeah. So you think Trigg no, I, I still don't think Trigg, as much as they're going to yeah. use him, is going to lead the team in catches. I do too. I think he is. Oh, you think he is? Okay. I think he is. I I, I think Michael Trigg, hands down, is the most dynamic pass catcher on the Ole Miss roster. And even with Jaylen why Robinson. not target him more even with Jalen Robinson? Why not target a guy like Trigg? Get the ball in his hands the most. He's a guy that can do a lot with the ball after it's in his hands. Yeah, I'm throwing to Michael Trigg as much as I possibly can. I think that's going to lead to Trigg leading the team in catches. Now against the rest of the field, I'd go with Jalen Robinson. What I do like about Michael Trigg is that he's the best tight end, even considering Harrison Bryant, Kenny Yeboa, whoever. He's the best pure talent tight end that Lane Kiffin has had since Alabama. But the only reason why Harrison Bryant, I think, set records is his talent, but also there weren't high-level other options like a Jalen Robinson, potentially Deion Smith, Malik Heath to get the ball to, so they fed him by necessity. Even though they were going to feed him anyway, he was going to be a top-end option, but he became far and away the number one option. I don't think that's what's going to happen with Michael Trigg, but I still do think that he'll be, at worst, a top-three pass catcher as far as numbers. See, I'm opposite. I do think that's exactly what's going to happen with Michael Trigg. I do. You don't think think Jalen Robinson is a high-end option to take away from what they're going to be? I, I don't think there is there is a DK Metcalf and AJ Brown or an Elijah Moore hiding right now in the Ole Miss wide receivers room. I don't. All right, assuming that Deion Smith comes, assuming well, Mike, Malik Heath is definitely coming. So even with those guys and Jalen Robinson, you don't think any of those three would have the same kind of upside? Not necessarily DK or AJ, but even Don Terrio Drum, Don Terrio Drummond. I mean, he was almost a record-setting oh. wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. And it's all – a lot of that is due to the offense he was playing in. But, um, no, I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm, I, these guys – any of these guys could rise to that to that level. Certainly. Certainly in this offense. But I'm just saying, you know, DK, AJ, Elijah – I mean, Ole Miss got got lucky there and had a run of generational receivers there in just a matter of a couple of years. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know necessarily that, that anybody of that caliber is in the receivers room. But, yes, I mean, there are some potential NFL receivers on that roster other than Michael Trigg, certainly. So, you know, I'm never going to say never. I'm just going to say, you know, the way I feel right now, Michael Trigg is likely to get targeted the most – Thus, he's likely to have more catches, more yards. He's David Johnson. This is, well, it's a crossover podcast, but I'm going to call it Talk of Champions. This is Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett at Spear, been on Twitter. David Johnson is at Rebels247 on Twitter, and he writes for Inside the Rebels, 
an affiliate of 247 Sports. And I'm Ben Garrett. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OMSpirit.com, an affiliate of On3.com. This podcast is brought to you in part by Thomas Chandler. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're actually ever going to be able to retire? If so, give my friend Thomas Chandler a call. He specializes in retirement investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dreams from savings plans, mutual funds, employee benefits. Give him a call today, 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler. Let's hear from a couple of other proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. Ah, it's springtime in Oxford again. Who doesn't love springtime in Oxford? Flowers bloom and the squares popping. Ole Miss baseball, a little Ole Miss spring football. It's honestly one of the best times of the year, so why not enjoy it? See all the beauty that Oxford has to offer in a brand new car, truck, or Jeep. Well, if you're in the market, the only place to go, Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates them from every other dealership in Oxford, Mississippi, as Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford aims to address each of your needs with yet most respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now, this is the only place to go. And when you go, ask for Brian or Mason. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. And take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides by contacting them at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford, Mississippi. Alan Samuels, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is Jalen Robinson already, now that he signed on, the best or most talented wide receiver in the room? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I got to see some practice. I got to see some. So I, I got to really lock into some games he plays before I could say that. So I, I just don't know. I know the effort that Ole Miss put in to get him, and that tells me that they liked what they saw, and they felt they desperately needed him. Who would be his competition on the current roster, though? I mean, for best in I mean, room, I mean, probably, for best not best in show, probably, best in room. Probably Jordan Watkins, yeah. Jalen Knox. Be my guess. No, no. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Knox was banged up yeah. and hurt all spring. Yeah, we didn't see enough of him. The most comparable so, would be Michael Trigg, like the one you would put him in the same conversation with. Is Michael Trigg and he plays tight end? Yeah, and he's a lot bigger and has some incredible hands and the ability to high point a football. 
I mean, I look, I'm a Michael Trigg fan. That's what I was I about to say. You sound like you're like the president of the fan club right now. Listen at you. Oh, man, this, this, this dude is going to loot the SEC this fall. Regardless of who he's catching footballs from, Michael Trigg's going to have a big, big year. He's going to catch footballs from both Luke Altmaier and Jackson Dart. Certainly a start. Certainly a start. I don't think Ole Miss needs a quarterback or has a true number one quarterback until like game five. I agree. I agree with that. I I think that is uh, exactly what we're going to see. What do you think about that, though? Two quarterbacks. Like, typically, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. I mean, you don't have any. Excuse me. You know, you know what? I, I don't care as long as the guy is getting the football where it needs to be. I'll, I'll, I'll case in point. I'll go back to the year 2000. I was covering the Delta State football team. And Delta State went 10-1 and one in the regular season, uh, playing two quarterbacks. They had Josh Bright from Batesville, Mississippi, and Delta State was running the midline option, okay? And Bright was 6'5", 230 pounds, and he could fall forward for five yards every every play if he wanted to. They got a transfer in from Ole Miss, a kid named Jeff Smith. And Jeff Smith arrives at Delta State, and he becomes their passing quarterback. So in situations where it's third and long or yeah. rare situations where they needed to score quickly. But David, Ole Miss tried that Jeff- with Matt Crowell and John Rice. It didn't work. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm just saying I've seen it work for all year, the entire season. Those guys were pretty much shared the responsibility. Playoffs rolled around. Uh, Delta State went with Josh Bright, won a national championship. So, you know, I, I've seen it work. I've seen it not work. I think a lot of it's based on chemistry and a lot of it's based on the two guys. I mean, you go back to the Rush House, Tommy Luke era. Okay. I mean that worked for Ole Miss. That 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 certainly worked for the Rebels. You, you know but, what um, didn't work for Ole Miss? Randall Mackey, Zach Stout, and Barry Brunetti. Yep. Yeah, like I say, you've seen it work. You've seen it not work. Um, not fair though, because Jackson I, Dart and Luke Altmaier, pick one. They're both. They would easily be the number one in that room. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But you know. Does anybody really like that? Is anybody really comfortable with that? No. No. You don't want to be on the sidelines counting snaps between quarterbacks. I wonder which coach, which uh, GA would be that guy, marking it down. I don't know. I don't know. Somebody would, though. I want to be the pullback guy, the pullback coach, the one that keeps coach where he's supposed to be. Get back. Yeah, to get, get back, back. Coach. Yeah, I want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Is that typically you know, a strength and conditioning? Yeah, strength and conditioning coach usually he was, does it. He was get back guy on game day. Yeah. Yeah, usually somebody from the strength staff. I so maybe Nick Savage. Yeah. Well, then I couldn't because yeah. I'm. I would never be uh, confused with a strength and conditioning coach. So I guess <laughs> that's a no. That's a hard no. Well, Josh Umbala yeah. has been added by Ole Miss basketball. The fir- the fourth NCAA transfer portal forward that Kermit Davis has added this spring. What'd you think of that? Well, you know what? I, I really think with McKinnis and Theo, he had already gotten a couple of uh, really good defenders, big defenders in already. Uh, Imbala certainly fits that mode, but I think he's probably the best scorer out of the whole bunch. Yeah. Uh, you know, a really good get. Uh, I think he will help them. I, that that's what I feel about it. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I my think deal with him for. is by himself. Objectively, that's a great ad. That's a great ad. But there is some redundancy mm-hmm. once you consider Burns from Loyola New Orleans and McKinnis from Jackson yeah. State. There is some redundancy there. Yeah. But I get it though, because he hey, expects like a lot of people are going. Um, he's not addressing what he really needs. And that's three-point shooting, and and I agree. But I think where he thinks he's going to get the most improvement there or the fastest improvement there is with Jamin Brakefield, who's supposed to be the stretch four anyway and really wasn't particularly inspiring last year, and Deshaun Ruffin, who is a next-level caliber player. 
He's just short. And Matthew Morrell, also a next year or next level caliber player. He expects the, each of those guys to take a step, a significant step, and that's where the scoring output will come from. And defensively, they weren't good last year. Really bad in the post, especially in depth. I think after Nasir Brooks like went out, I mean, who'd you have? Because Robert Allen was out. Sammy Hunter. I mean, it just wasn't any good options um, in the front court for them behind Nasir Brooks. So I do get it. it I, I'm not saying it's a strategy that will work because the SEC has gotten stronger. It's become a premier basketball conference. It's not like Kentucky and Tennessee are going away. They're doing nothing more than reloading here. So if you're Ole Miss basketball, you got a long way to go. I do kind of understand the strategy. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I mean, this is what Kermit has always kind of gone back to is bread and butter, defense, rebounding, uh, offense created by defense in that one three one. And Miles Burns is is accomplishing the one three one. McKinnis can play the one three one because of his size and positionalist. That's a word. Versatility. Same thing with Josh Mbala. So I don't get caught up in the height or in the height because Theo Akuba from Louisiana, he's a true center. Uh, but if you want to go faster, if you want to create offense and fast break opportunities, you need positionless players that have versatility to play all over and can defend and switch everything. And that's what these three guys do. Now, will that be enough considering where the SEC is and the other teams and almost was 13 and 19? I don't know. I'm not saying it's the, yeah, the well, right strategy, but that's, that's the strategy I understand. I get it is what I'm getting at. You made a really good point. This isn't the SEC from 10 or 20 years ago. Yeah. There are not two really good teams – three or four maybe good teams and everybody else is just kind of crap. Man, this league is tough. It's tough. It's tough. I mean, they're, they are, they have somebody somewhere flipped a switch several years ago and said, you know what? We have the best athletes, the best players, the best teams in the country in football. Why are we not doing this in basketball? And, and, and the conscientious effort has been there to make SEC basketball a premier conference and um it's happened it, it it's happened i mean all of a sudden it's alabama and auburn it's uh I, I mean it's not just kentucky and tennessee i mean everybody is dangerous and um you know so have you made enough improvement to your team that you can better where your placement was in the league last year i i, I just it's hard to say you have. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because I think around. Well, here I think we're asking the wrong questions. And this is what I mean. Kermit Davis doesn't look at last year's failings. At least this is my opinion, my read on it. As 13 and 19 was just a byproduct of Deshaun getting hurt, Robert Allen getting hurt. So let's fortify those things. And they're a win away from making the NCAA tournament the year before with Romello White and Jarkel having that great game against LSU. They win that game. They're probably in. They started late. They just lost a lot of the non-con. There's, there's a lot of excuse making is what it sounds like. But what I'm saying is like I get why that would be the perspective of the head coach. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying I get what he's going for. Uh, whether or not he's done enough considering what the league is, I'm not I'm not so sure. I don't know. Yeah. You really yeah, you're asking a lot. You're asking a lot of Deshaun and Matt Morrell to be on an every game, night in, night out basis next level players consistently that's hard yeah yeah and um you know then you got to worry about quality depth because yeah because he would have done really well to add he it would have done well to add a veteran um ball scoring wing that could create his own offense yeah and he hadn't done that yeah and and it's getting late so you know and and he could have he could have just ridden the injury excuse out last year he did not to his credit, but they were kind of a little bit of snake bitten team last year. And, um, you know, every dog has a stay. Let's see if, uh, this dog has one this year. All right. Let's uh, rate the impacts, right? One to 10. I put the impact of Josh Umbala for Ole Miss basketball at like 6.8 out of 10 to 7.1. I think Jayla Robinson is like 8.6 to 9.4. I think he's that important for Ole Miss football. I'd go with a six for Mbala. All right. 
just because I haven't seen him. Yeah. Uh, you and know, again, the redundancy seven, of him, like it could be Jack. Like I would say McKinnis would be like a six. I would say Mbala would be a six. I would say Burns would be a six. We don't know which one of those guys is going to be the one that kind of emerges from that depth. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Um, but it was a, a, a busy, busy, big-time weekend for Ole Miss. And, you didn't uh, tell me the Jalen Robinson impact grade. Give me the Jalen Robinson impact grade. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I'm going with a seven just because just a uh, seven. he's got to do it here instead of Central Florida. What about Deion Smith? What would his impact grade be? You know, Deion was well on his way to becoming an impact freshman at LSU last season before his injury. Uh-huh. Um, you know – now you're asking impact for career or impact for next this year, instant impact next season is all we're thinking about. We're not thinking down the line. We're thinking next season. Six, six, Michael Trick. Mm. <laughs> uh, man, you know I'm a Trick fan. I'm I know, nine, man. Trick, nine. Trick is like you that. can add some decimal points. You know, nine point four, eight point yeah, eight. Okay, okay. I'm going to say nine point five. Oh God. You made it worse. Michael, Michael Triggs is going to be a first team, all oh, SEC selection. Listen, I, I, I got I got the feel on right. 80 catches, 1,200 yards, 14 touchdowns. Oh, my God, David. You are Huge. all up in your feelings. You're, you're like a Huge Michael Triggs fan girl. Look at you. You got some poster Triggs on your wall. Have a third, uh, Trigg will receive. 30% of the yardage thrown by Ole Miss quarterback. A year. 30% yardage share. Holy cow. 30%. 30%. Jackson Dart, what would be his impact grade? Oh. That's tough. It's it's just unknown. Well, I, no, I, no, that's not fun. Come you, on. Come on. I'll, I'll do it. I'll give you a range. All right. I'll give you a range. Three to eight. I don't know. I just don't know. Number one, he's got to win the job and be the guy on the field. And that, and it's very plausible that might not happen. And if it doesn't happen and he ends up toting a clipboard this fall, it's a three. But if he is a quarterback, or, or, or if he is the quarterback, I think he's going to be the quarterback eventually. I do. So if he is the quarterback, whenever that comes, it could be game one, it could be game six, it could be in August practices. We don't know. But if he is the quarterback, I no. think the floor for a quarterback's impact score would be – at worst, six point eight. No matter what he does, yeah, I was, I was thinking of seven, just because he's a quarterback. Yeah, he's going to make a significant impact. Zach Evans. Ooh, I, I like Zach Evans. Unfortunately, I think he's only here for a year, uh, but we have him this fall. Um, think he's going pro seven five to an eight. Yeah, I do, I do. I mean, that's the. That's just the tendency for these kids nowadays. I mean, they all want to leave as early as they can. Good we for saw them. it with Snoop. We yeah. saw it with Jerry Ealy. Yeah, they want to go and then I would say get paid, but uh, they're getting paid now. Uh, but uh, make more money, I suppose. Uh, yeah, but but big time impact seven five to an eight. Yeah, I agree. I with think that. Zach Evans uh, he could have an all league year. Ulysses Bentley. A little less, a little less, just because I think Evans is going to be the primary mule so in that backfield. I could go with 6.2 to a 7, yeah. Here's a really hard one, a really hard one. Jordan Watkins. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to split the difference and just go with 5. I mean, he could be a superstar or he could be a very pedestrian wide receiver. I'm going with a 5. That's a pretty, pretty uh, wide range of outcomes for him. Yeah, I mean, I, it is. But, uh, again, I think maybe Jalen Robinson is going to be the, the first uh, option there. And then, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. This is a little ludicrous what we're doing simply because we're a long ways out. What the hell is going that. on right now, David? <laughs> this is what podcasting is. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. I was going to do some defensive players, but uh, you know, you've kind of shit all over my. Oh, uh, you know how, little idea. You know how this is. So there's going to be some fan yes. in September mm-hmm. 
come back and crucify us both because we were wrong on something. David, you That's said Zach Evans would be at least a 7.5 impact meter. It's just a bullcrap thing I came up with as we were sitting here recording. Hey, let's do an impact yeah. meter. No, it's nonsense. Well, you were the one encouraging me to add decimal decimals to my scores there. But um, yeah, the thing to take away from this, Michael Trigg is a beast. <laughs> David loves Michael Trigg. The takeaway from this entire conversation is David loves, loves him some Michael Trigg. I, I'm telling you, back in January, and I said this last time, we were all talking about, hey, man, we're, we're, we're going to get Jackson Dart, and then that Trigg guy's coming with him. He was kind of treated just like the thought, yeah, like the sidekick that was coming along. That wasn't what it was. Like, yeah, no, it's it no knock, but it's just the easiest, funniest comparison. I like the guy, like, but like Colby Arsenault and Joe McKnight, this is not the same thing. Yeah, I get it. Totally. It's not the same thing. Who are some other guys that Ole Miss signed to try to get a player and they didn't get the, the player they wanted? Oh, God. I can't remember. I can't either because I, like, I was trying to remember that the other day. Some Somebody asked me, like, who's another example of that? But I, I will can... say this now. Ole Miss just offered the very talented younger brother of Jaden Rashad over the weekend. Already in his top three. Yeah, already. Miami, Virginia Tech, and the Ole Miss Rebels. David Johnson of the ins- of Inside – I don't know how to say it anymore. Of Inside the Rebels, I'm going to put it to you. Does Ole Miss land Jaden Rashada? Ooh, I think that's all being worked out right now. Of Very course doubtful. it is. Uh, God, man. Are you going to go into yeah. politics? No, no. Then answer no, the question. No. It's like, well, a lot of things can happen, and – um you know, there are a lot of different sides to yeah. this. Does Ole Miss get him or not? Well, there are. Okay, does Ole Miss get well, him or not? His, his older brother didn't have an Ole Miss offer. No, he does. He does. Um, honestly, and I could be completely wrong by this, the three schools I think that it all boils down to, it's going to be Ole Miss, Miami, and Oregon. And Jaden was at Oregon over the weekend. But I thought it was interesting on on – Saturday, whenever Roman, his his older brother, had two of Jaden's finalists in in his top three, Miami and Ole Miss. So I don't know. I honestly do not know. And and again, Ben, when you factor in the NIL angles to all this stuff, not saying anybody's out there talking to high school recruits about NILs, but it makes it that much more difficult. When does he make Extremely a decision? When, when does he make his choice? Oh, man, I'm thinking uh, before the middle of June. Could be today, but before the middle of June. So it's not something that's going to drag into the fall, you think? This isn't going to be one of those. No, that, no, yeah. no, no, not with a quarterback. No, I don't think so. I'd say you Ole Miss your has. Opportunities. If, you're, if you're a quarterback, you know, schools can't wait on you. They got to get their quarterbacks. Yeah, you're right. I'd say that at worst, Ole Miss has as good a chance as any of those three that we've talked about. But I do think that like, if you put a gun to my head and said, all right, look, then you got to make a choice right now about Jaden Rashada. I would say Ole Miss. I wouldn't feel great about it. You'd probably pull the trigger, but that's what I'd say. I can buy that. Okay. I didn't want to be alone in that on that island. You were kind of tentative about it. You're like, I, I, can, I can buy that. But thank you for going on that out on that ledge with me. Thank you so much. You're so brave, David. Well, there's a lot of stuff obviously going on. Hey, hey, the Rebels offered uh, Jaden Rashada's Pittsburgh High School wide receiver last week as well. Yeah, you, you know? think Ole Miss wants Jaden Rashada? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. So uh, anything can happen. And when Ole Miss really goes all in. It's had a tendency lately to get the guy. They didn't get Dante Dowdle, but that could be a question of maybe they weren't willing to meet what Oregon was willing to do immediately. I don't know. Yeah, and I'll I'll sell you some oceanfront property in Oxford, Mississippi, if Dowdle ends up going to Oregon. I don't think he's going to go to Oregon. I don't either, but I don't want to talk about Dante Dowdle today because it's been too good of a day for Ole Miss sports. Let's not end it on a bummer note. Let's end it on a happy note. What are you most looking forward to? And Ole Miss sports this week, David. Oh man, softball regional. You know, I'm God, a softball you are, yeah. I'm I mean, not even Texas A&M. Maybe another commitment on the way. No, it's softball for you. Okay, not knocking it. Absolutely, not hating the game. 
Okay. Well, personally speaking, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking forward to. All right. Well, fine. Someone, me, who never watches anything Ole Miss softball, couldn't name anybody, uh, convinced me why I should be paying attention to this team in particular. Like women's golf went off, went off and won a championship. I watched that. So if Ole Miss softball has got a chance, I mean, they're in the tournament. So sell me on why yeah, you should tune in. And, and, and honestly, you know, we opened up talking about this, but I'll end it on this too. I don't mind their draw. I don't mind their draw at all simply because, look, I think Jamie Traxel is going to throw Caitlin Riley, the true freshman, Friday against Loyola Merritt now. I believe she will. That means UCLA, who has not seen her ace and Morgan all year long, is going to get them on Saturday. Well, then it's I over. Believe, That's over. I believe, I believe they can beat UCLA. Because it's the same thing as with the uh, baseball tournament, right? If you go 2-0, and oh, you only got to win one more? That is right. That okay. is exactly right. Yes, double elimination, just like baseball. So um, so I think I think they could live through this regional. I really and truly do. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a little excited. This who, is goes a further in the, who goes further in the postseason, Ole Miss softball or Ole Miss baseball? That that one's tough. Yeah. It's a good one, though. It's a good Uh, one, though. Come on. Give it to me. Give it to me before we get out of here. They're both red hot right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, politics. I'm telling you, man. Run for office. It's always, well, you know, there are a lot of good people on both sides of it. Just just watch which one. Yeah, I'm not going to answer that question. You'll have to ask me. I'll answer it. I'll answer it. I'll answer it. I'll answer it. Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Ole Miss softball. I'm not afraid to be wrong. Okay. Ole Miss softball. Okay, you answered it. Knowing nothing. Good enough. Good for me. He's David Johnson. He writes for or covers Ole Miss. He covers Ole Miss for their Inside the Rebels and affiliate of 247 Sports. I'm Ben Garrett. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OleMissSpirit.com and affiliate of On3.com. At Rebels247 is David on Twitter, at SpiritBen. Am I on Twitter? If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review this podcast in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts, in Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, wherever. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Howdy, howdy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.